reasons to be cheerful is this really good one um so it's called reasons to be cheerful maybe inside that podcast it is it is what life could have been like if ed had got power just inside that podcast well no because it's jeff jeff's getting the power inside the podcast <laughs> you can't even get that on his own podcast no no because it's the jeffocracy oh man ed's like applying to be an advisor and he's sort of being batted away um probably yeah probably an intern he might he might be invited in to interview at least hello and welcome to freelance pod my name's achandrika chakrabarti and i'll be your host freelance pod is all about how the internet has changed the world of work on each episode i'll speak to a guest about freelancing side hustles the gig economy jobs that weren't possible before the internet and how moving from an analogue to a digital age has revolutionised the way we work. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow FreelancePod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group, and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. Oh yes, that tweet. You know the one. The pre-2015 election David Cameron won. Britain faces a simple and inescapable choice. Stability and strong government with me or chaos with Ed Miliband. And we all know how that turned out. It's from the 4th of May 2015, which was a much simpler time. Last week, that tweet was getting a hell of a lot of retweets because several years' worth of politics was happening, well, pretty much every day. Then, Ed Miliband released his Christmas card. With a combination of that tweet and one of the Ed Stones, please Google that if you don't know what Ed Stone is, the former Labour leader really just showed his ex-rival how well he's doing. It must be so nice to be a backbencher these days. It's not to say we don't hear from Ed Miliband at all. He makes a weekly podcast called Reasons to be Cheerful, along with co-host Jeff Lloyd. Guests come along with ideas to change the world for the better, and in classic podcast fashion, they all talk it through for the duration of an episode. The producer of that podcast, Emma Caution, is my guest on this episode of Freelance Pod. She brought with her an Ed Miliband Christmas card, um, which I was very excited about. She even let me hold it, and she also has some fun tales to tell us. Hello, I'm Emma Corsham, and I'm a podcast and radio producer. I currently am the producer of Ed Miliband and Jeff Lloyd's Reasons to be Cheerful. So, why don't you tell us where you've been today, where have you been working today? So I've been at the recording of Edmund Abandon and Jeff Lloyd's Reasons to be Cheerful podcast. We record that in Jeff's Loft up in North London. And um, yeah, we've just sort of been sitting in a loft recording lots of different bits and then it all gets sent over to me and I piece it together, edit it and I've got a couple of days until it goes out. That tweet from this very political week... We just like Theresa May, you know, no matter what happens with this vote. Yeah. You might have a bright future in podcasting. Yes. He, no, he said, I can promise you a great yeah, future. Yeah, I can promise you is quite a lot. Um, Promises is the big, big call, but yeah. Um, You've worked with a lot of like radio and audio personalities. Obviously, Ed's personality really fits with making audio. Hmm. Theresa would be an interesting one. Is there, are there like, other politicians you think could make really good podcasts? I mean, Nick Clegg gave it a go, but... I miss that entirely. He, he did He did um, six episodes of, what was it called, Anger Management with Nick Clegg. I think these careers are so, they're so perfect for the theme of this podcast, which is mm. like, how has digital changed our jobs? Mm. And it wasn't possible really to just go off and become 
something completely different. Why do you think a podcast has been such a good fit for Ed Miller Band? Why, why does it do well? I think, as a real basis, podcasting is so democratic. It, like, literally is just... If you're going to... It's up to the audience if they want to listen to it. No one's getting forced to listen to a podcast. It's It's up to you completely. So it's a game of, like, well... If people want to listen to Ed Miliband's podcast, Ed Miliband's and Jeff Lloyd's podcast, I think, um, they can. And if they don't want to, and it doesn't do well, then it won't do well. How long has it been going for now? Um, a year and a bit, so we're at 60-something 60, 60 episodes. We'll be, we'll be close into, yeah, once a week. We haven't had a break, we haven't stopped. We've, like, there's been a few weeks where we've recorded two in a row, like two on the same day in order to... Uh, cover holidays and stuff but there has been no best ofs or like everything's had new new episode in it completely uh, every week so run us through how you got the job uh so my background is mainly in radio uh, i did a radio related degree at university and i did lots of work experience and stuff while i was still at uni did some time at absolute jeff lloyd was absolute still yeah, just kind of made a friend, like, made friends with a few people around the office while I was at work there and tried to keep in touch with them. And, and Jeff's just one of those really great people who's, like, really supportive and friendly. And so I'd occasionally go in and uh, just come and see the show, like, shadow it and bring them veggie Percy pigs. <laughs> so did he, he had his own show he was presenting? Yes, so he was, um, he was a absolute slash virgin slash absolute slash virgin slash whatever it was at the time you know started it as virgin and was absolute for 18 years so he was it i think he did pretty much every time slot across across the day yeah he was doing drive time when i was doing work experience there home time home time it's called home time uh yeah so i was doing home time while i was doing work experience there and then um yeah then he was leaving it was announced that he was going to leave Absolute. And I was just like, well, give me a shout if you never need a hand with anything. So I did some editing for him for something else, like a little thing he had. And then he was like, do you want to do this podcast? I'm like, you know, 60-odd weeks later, <laughs> here I am. Yeah, of course. And it was like a really exciting kind of idea. And it's like, well, you know, I'm going to do this podcast. It was me and Ed Miliband. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> um, that sounds fun. So what was it like meeting Ed Miliband for the first time? Terrifying. Not hit, not like no. because of it, but it's because he's one of these like, he's just a really, you know, well-known face. Like, And I was meeting him for the first time at his house and I'm like, hello, I'm here. To... And I was just so quiet and panties up. Uh, like I didn't know what was going on, so we did. Yeah, we did two sort of meetings before we went live with it. When I was when I was sort of invited on these kind of prep meetings for just before kickoff, like the same. So we usually record like on a on a Thursday. So we did a couple of Thursdays before our first episode. We met up and we chatting it through and coming up with like what we need to do and all this kind of stuff, and. Uh, yeah, at Ed's house, and I'm like, um, hello, <laughs> the person of the telly, <laughs> and it's just, I mean, it's normal now, 
but it's still not normal. It's really oddly kind of not normal, but, you know, he's such a nice guy. It's like, it's hard to be scared. Well, so he did some cover at Radio 2. Um, yes. So for Jeremy Vine, um, just before we launched the podcast, Jeff had already been in contact with him about the podcast, and he'd already agreed to do the podcast. Then he did uh, a week on Jeremy Vine, so I think he might have... They might have had a, someone to press the press the fader and fade the buttons for him. Um, <laughs> move the move the fader. And... How how did Jeff and Ed meet? So, uh, as part of the general 2015 thing, there was the general election, and for Absolute, they got Jeff. While well, Jeff was still at Absolute, they got him to interview someone, a representative from each party. And uh, this chap called Ed Miliband was like leader of the Labour Party at the time. Turned up, they got on really well. Um, the line afterwards was, didn't go viral exactly. It sort of went fungal, their interview. It was kind of... It was kind <laughs> Do you remember any... Are there any memorable lines from it? Is there a oh, line the, I should remember from it or an angle? They or went or... in deep on sort of... Ed being nerdy when he was growing up and playing Manic Minor and right. stuff like that. There was all this kind of really... Music nerdery. No, playing no. the computer Manic Minor computer game. A computer game called Manic Minor. Anyway, they got on really well about that kind of thing and generally got on really well and had a nice little sort of rapport and things. So when Jeff was leaving Absolute, he sort of got in touch with Ed going, you know, probably a long shot. I think you're busy. You know, being an MP, his full-time job. But it's sort of fallen in as a good idea to Ed's team of like, well, you know, the, the MPs have got responsibility to be sort of reaching out to the public and having involvement in research and all this kind of stuff. So fits around what he's what he's doing anyway. An afternoon a week comes and records with, with Jeff when other MPs will sort of do spend hours writing a column for a magazine that no one ever ends up seeing or or um or sort of yeah trying to get on the 10 o'clock news or so that's really interesting it's his kind of channel to the public to you know to the audiences that care and he doesn't have to rely really on anyone beyond essentially you and Jeff and whoever else works on the podcast to get it out. He has editorial sign-off if he wants, you know. Mm. He will he'll listen to everything. I mean, he's not precious about the kind of things that... There's lots of stuff that goes in that you'd think uh, an MP could be scared of. I mean, the first episode he shouts horse porn and that makes the edit, so... <laughs> there's, there's plenty of... Is there any context or is that just something you have to watch out for with him? Is uh, it chaos with Ed Miliband? <laughs> um, no, there, there was some context. I was. Lost in the mist of time. No, it was... Um, so each episode we have a comedian comes on. We have like this big policy idea, big, clever kind of life-changing, world-changing, great kind of thing. Previous, recent episodes have included um, Equal Paternity Leave. Yes. That was, yeah, that was a yeah. couple of weeks ago. We've also sort of had one, uh, just again recently, Death Penalty... Um, as an idea of like you know not as a bring it in uh, as a as a working with other countries to yep. outlaw it and stuff like that and help and um, how it's actually really surprising but there's companies in the UK who were providing 
the death penalty drugs in America. You know, that was that was illegal. That was not allowed in any kind of way, but it was just sort of surprisingly getting through. In the comedian part of the first episode, a uh, wonderful comedian, Gronya Maguire, came on and one of her suggestions said, we get the comedians to sort of suggest what they would change about the world to make it a better place. So it's like them pitching their manifesto, you know. No headstone required. They just bring it written down. Uh, Don't you guys say, like, have a couple of polystory ones to give out and some marker pens? We should do. We oh should God, etch, do. etch a sketch it yeah. <laughs> instead of etching it into stone. Ed a sketch. Ed a sketch. Yeah. You can turn that one's from me. Don't Ed, that's for free, it's fine. Ed a sketch. Ed a sketch. Oh, uh, etch, etch. etch an edge. I can work on it. Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> if you can bring me your top five suggestions. <laughs> Uh, by next sort of Monday. Um, <laughs> what well, about comedians and podcasts that work so well? Because comedians seem to me, if they're not making their own podcasts, um, they're the ones that you'll bring onto another kind of podcast. I know comedy is the top category on Apple Podcasts, so that tells you something. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It, um, there's something about the medium that can be really lo-fi. You can, you can just record it from home which is, you know, really important. A lot of comedians are sort of real self-starters. It's, it's about being able to do little bits and pieces around their gigs and extra things. And I think there is, yeah, something really lo-fi about having a real base format of going, look, here's what we want from a comedian. Or I email the comedians directly a lot um, or tweet them or, yeah, go through publicity and stuff. Yeah, and it's just like we have a segment where I want you to bring a handful of ideas if you were put in charge of the world, what would you change? What what rules would you put in? So, you know, it can be... Uh, there's some really great ones today of uh, every movie ever should have a shark in it. Just add a shark. Yeah, I'm fine that. All the great shark movies, you know, are really great. And if the sharks were taken out of those movies, it'd be a terrible movie. Sharknado, Jaws. Yeah. Imagine those Nemo. without sharks in them. Terrible. So why can, Why not make all the... Sharknado 2. Sharknado 3? Yeah. They're quite a lot. They're like eight. Oh, Sharknados. Oh, eight shark films in general. No Sharknados. Sharknado. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's loads of them. Sorry to interrupt. Quick Sharknado fact check. There are, in fact, only six Sharknado movies, and here they are in order. Number one, Sharknado. Number two, Sharknado 2, the second one. Number three, Sharknado 3, oh hell no. Number four, Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens. I think that's a Star Wars joke. Number five, Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. And then number six, the last Sharknado, It's About Time. And that was released in August this year. So again, only six Sharknado movies out there. But yeah, so it's, it's quite a nice little fun format. And it's... Anyway, so I think, yeah, I think comedy in particular people are looking for cheery stuff they are looking for reasons to be cheerful and if they type in reasons to be cheerful they'll find us um on all of your good podcasting apps ed will bring it around to your house if you are nice yeah he will shout it from <laughs> the window um yeah come to your window and shout yeah he will um on a sunday afternoon he sort of He's at screams it out of his out of his out of the car as he's driving past <laughs> a little megaphone um Edifying, no, it doesn't work. As much as that was a really good way to start building an audience, the Millie fandom, every week there will be people who tweet going, 
Oh, I've been listening to the podcast. I hated Edge before. You hated him? Oh, no, you. plenty of people. Hated oh. him? Yeah. Oh, That seems like a lot. There must be a tribal political thing. A kind of, It's not his personality trait. That's it. That's what people come into us now saying, I didn't like him. I didn't. I thought he was just whatever. Um, but now I'm listening to him and I love him. because Yeah, and that wouldn't have worked for every politician. So what do you mm. think it is about Ed that works so well in audience? He's quick on his feet. He's quick Oh, yeah, he's really sort of sharp and likeable. He's really kind of... He's like such a good listener. And he would just like, really? No, he, really, he cares about life and humans and people. And No other MPs have had a podcast that works this well. You've uncovered someone with a bit of broadcast talent hmm. there. And it's so interesting. You can't always tell if someone's going to have it, but you prompt them down, get them hosting a podcast, and then it will come out if it's there. Yeah. There'll be something people connect to. It doesn't have to be flashy. And I think Jeff had already seen that. Mm. And um, with the interview we did for Absolute and stuff, he saw more of that. Um, it's it's one of these things that we were living in sort of soundbite Britain, where that election was all about the same few words being toted over and over again and I think we've it's kind of changed not entirely I think well I believe we chose a strong and stable government with David Cameron rather than again I just love this phrase so much chaos with Ed Miliband yes and so this is what we've got strong and stable so strong and stable strong and stable strong and stable strong and stable I just feel like Ed's having the best time I think it's cheeky Christmas cards, yes. cheeky tweets. Yes, sassy. Everyone keeps sassy. saying, everyone says like, oh, he's so sassy. I love how sassy he is now. Could you talk us through his Christmas card for 2018? Oh, yes. Shall I open it up? Yes. Can we do a show and tell? Uh, just to set the scene a bit more, I'm just really getting into my bowl of wine. Yeah, I'm halfway through my bowl <laughs> of gin. There's a bowl of gin as well. So, picture this. You're sort of walking through a wintry forest. And you spot, oh, craziest sort of little scene going on. So there's um, there's a snowman, a cartoon snowman, obviously. But forget that, you know, lovely white trees covered in snow. Uh, forget the snowman. More importantly, there's kind of a big, um, what you could describe as an headstone. Uh, Anyone. It's, it's, it says, a better Xmas, a better new year. And it then also sort of says, one, Britain faces a simple and inescapable choice. Two, stability and strong government. Three, with me. Four, or chaos with. Five, Ed Miliband. Six, happy holidays, Labour Ed Miliband. Um, And it says, Merry Christmas. And um, even better, just peeking out behind the stone. Google this, definitely, definitely Google this, guys. Um, Cheeky photo of Ed looking really cheerful wearing a little Christmas jumper he's owning that it must, it must have been ter- yeah, quite a painful memory from 2015 and all, all the stuff he got for the Edstones and you know I feel like he's just really owned that situation time has shown that we maybe well I'd say we certain people who voted certain ways in 2015 hmm. and 2017 maybe did not vote well did vote for this which I'm going to call actual chaos yeah. our government right now <laughs> and he's literally he then embarked on a career so you know kind of a broadcast career now he feels quite together to me yeah and I uh, you know I'm kind of I think a lot of people are kind of wishing that yeah. winter wonderland was 
happening. Yeah, happening. Ed um, and the Corsi is um, If you haven't already, well, again, Christmas cards. I think is his forte a bit now because last year he had um, he ended up being on the last leg at Christmas, just a few couple of weeks before Christmas, where they um, were trying to rebrand him as cool after the the bacon sandwich gate. So what they did is they got him on in sort of you know happy days style kind of at the fonds yeah. like leather jacket sunglasses uh, sat on a motorbike eating a bacon sandwich just um, do you think it worked oh 100 because then that photo ended up on all these christmas cards um and then the last leg team got him back on going excuse me you've used our photo and you've we didn't even get a christmas card so he turns up with this huge christmas card <laughs> Like and a novelty charity shirt. Massive version of his face. Him sat on a motorbike eating a bacon sandwich. But it's just like this... I don't know. There's... There's kind of wallowing in the sadness or whatever, you know. And then there's... Finding the goodness and... Things to be hopeful for. And the reasons to be cheerful. Available on iTunes and uh, Stitcher, I think, probably. Probably Deezer. Google. Um, I don't think I'm Steezer. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, probably Deezer. Because then you get it on the Alexa. Um, I uh, tune in. It's on tuning, so you can get it on Alexa. So you would just say to your Alexa. You go, Alexa, play Reasons to be Cheerful on Tune In, please. Thank you. And I was just set off all one of my listeners' Alexa. Someone's built in, you know, those little fish that go up on the wall that do the kind of. Tell you the weather yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They put it in so it responds as Alexa. And it goes, bleep. It's like, Billy Bass, what's the weather? And it goes, bleep. Uh, the weather in. And it talks and everything. Anyway, that's really, a, that's a real side. Billy Bass was on The Office in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, owning the Christmas cards. That's uh, a very good Christmas card. And um, I, think, I just feel like he's had a very good week for someone who has not been involved in frontline politics um, this week. And, it, again, it, without... A digital world we wouldn't have twitter mm. to have ed's little tweets Theresa may mm. which i have to say we both got involved in yeah so he was like Theresa may you'll have a bright future in podcasting i i'm sure you saw it but i did an eyes emoji <laughs> see seeing you in yeah and then you had a quick look at your schedule for realsies <laughs> yeah and busy i'm really busy just yeah or if not she's getting corporate rate um <laughs> gonna Charge her a little bit more. Uh, seeing as I'd have to sell my soul to the... No, no, I'm sure it'd be lovely. I'm sure be... I think she'd be hard work on a podcast. I don't think she's an actual broadcaster. I imagine it'd be many takes and it wouldn't feel very natural. There's, so the, this, is, this is one of Ed's massive skills. Is he's just a conversationalist. He's really good at... like Between Ed and Jeff, they can just break into an idea and pick it up part and work out what the important bits to ask about and, and they listen and they will sort of you know really work and bouncing backwards and forth so between them they just are able to really listen and find the conversation and make it work yeah at the moment we're constantly with the podcast and you can see if you just search what people are tweeting to Ed Miliband it's constantly like I'd vote for chaos with Ed Miliband now. <laughs> oh, how's that chaos with Ed Miliband going? There's a great Twitter account um, 
run by just this one of the Millie fans uh, called the Milliverse. Yeah. And it's this beautiful thing of like, if if the world, if Ed had one, it's like a, yeah, sort of universe where Ed won. And it was, it's just kind of this lovely kind of. If the bacon sandwich hadn't derailed our timeline. Isn't it pathetic? I read a tweet basically saying that, that the, the bacon sandwich derailed. Yeah, yeah. We went to the darkest timeline. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen that all over the place. It's like, oh yeah, if I could eat a sandwich. Isn't it pathetic that we're not able to actually see past that? that I don't know. I mean, Theresa made the, the chips. And but then, then, then gave, that didn't... And gave didn't... her advice. But it was after she'd been, well, she'd elected by her yeah, party. Yeah, why, why didn't that derail her? Like, why didn't Boris Johnson getting stuck on a high wire derail him? It's, it's... Why does nothing stop Boris Johnson? Mm. I think people have been very... It's pleasantly surprised good. I don't know what it is. I think because there was always this edge of, of like awkwardness with Ed. When, yes, when, when he was on somebody else's platform. And when he's on his own platform... He's so relaxed. Yeah. When he's on his podcast. Yeah. That feels like a real person there, the real him probably. Probably to a certain extent. Because he knows we're not going to take him out of context or rip him apart or, oh, and you can't eat a sandwich. I think that's why I think, yeah, podcasting is just democratic. It's like, it's your own, it's like the closest to a sort of sitting at home and writing a blog, you know. I think our best, best ever week was like, we can hit up to six figures a weekly, weekly listen. Yeah, it's high in the five figures, which is, you know, it's wonderful. It's really amazing. That's really good. To be reaching that many people with a topic about, you know, we've got one we did recently about um, neurodiversity. We were talking to, um, we're talking to autistic people about what the world is for them and five figures numbers of people heard that and hopefully it all make the world a bit better so so what have you got coming up then yeah so it's sort of piloting a load of stuff with a lot of new exciting people that are trying to set things up a lot of them with comedians as i say it was you know comedy is a particularly strong i think strong backing for podcasting. so an improvisational quality to mm. this it's comedians that you first think of um someone who's probably good on a panel show probably mm. will not be bad on a podcast. It'll depend on their personality and what they want to talk about in between yeah. two. But someone who can who will come up with chat. Yeah, it's it's sort of skilled, engaging conversation, isn't it? You know, sort of mention the how digital has changed that all. Like I can do this from home. I don't need a studio. Like a lot of the stuff I work with, people the presenters will record it out and about or wherever they are they'll just send it to me with one of the many sort of file sharing things usually dropbox or we transfer i work on it i send it back to them there's people i work with that i've never met like you know edit all their audio send it back upload it done it's like a really weird kind of i could be living anywhere but i you know then i can't i wouldn't it'd be more hassle to trying to attend recordings when I need to. And I like being in the room for users to be cheerful because it's it's just nice. It's nice when you can be there. So what's the setup like at Jess? It's like it's loft or something and, and the, 
is it like you're the only producer there or there a couple of you who work on the technical side and you have Jeff and Ed? Uh, so Jeff's loft, Ed. Jeff sits by the computer, he presses record. Yeah, there's a situation where it's often recorded out of... It's always... I think it's always recorded out of sync. We record elements as, as we can. Guests tend to be recorded first before the intro. You know, that's just the way it can happen in podcasting. And, and, t- and I mean, TV would do that all the time. And there is a supportive figure more than a... I don't have to do the technical side of that. There's not really space because it's sort of built for Jeff to be able to self-op it. When I'm editing an episode that I haven't been there for the recording, it does take more time because it's sort of like listening through to it all to work out what's what's going on as well as everything else. I'm keen to try and keep it under an hour now. We were a little bit less uh, controlled on that when we first started. How long was it getting? I think our longest episode was an hour and 40. It was That was quite a long one. The NHS. But it was really good guests, really good questions. Our episodes will end up being 55 minutes now. People always ask that question of how long an episode should be. I think it's the story that you need to be thinking mm. about. People can stop and start whenever they want. Mm. There's an average commute of somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes in London, but yeah. that doesn't mean someone isn't doing the washing up and listening yeah, and, and stops off for minutes. It's more than just London. Yes, exactly. There's a big world out there. The thing is, people will listen to the longer episodes if they're engaged enough, but there's a discipline in trying to keep it as short as you can, which means that only the best stuff gets through. And there's something in people being left slightly wanting to come back next week and mm. listen to more on a different subject. Yeah. the same people. Yeah, if you, you don't have the luxury of being really crap or baggy episodes yeah like, oh they do get to the point eventually like you know so much word of mouth oh, you have to listen mm-hmm. to this and you don't need a person who says you have to listen to this it gets good at minute 55 <laughs> yeah like with drama and with the tv drama people will go oh i watched all this i didn't like it until sort of episode 10 you know like breaking bad and things like that People go, oh, yeah, the first series isn't as good, but then it gets good. But I think with podcasting as well, I think you could get away with, I think you could get away with sort of two episodes leniency and then they'll give up. But there's this thing that if you don't listen to five episodes, iTunes will unsubscribe you or stop updating it anyway. Five is quite a lot to be like... To get behind on. Yeah. Well, if you're a daily podcast, the ones that are based on sort of radio shows and stuff, and if it's rubbish, people will unsubscribe. It's democratic. You don't... No one's forcing people to download it every day. If they don't like it, then they'll stop listening. So what, don't, what's it matter? I don't know. There's, there's a bit of a, there's a weird thing about the stats. No, nothing, nothing's probably comparable across podcasting yet. And it's, it's all a bit hidden and secret and weird. And yeah. So this podcast that I'm doing, how long should I go on until I give up? Oh, this um, is no Black Mirror cracked numbers. This is no 20,000 in the first week. Well, I'm telling the people I'm piloting with, you can't expect any money for the first six months. Well, six months? That's not upsetting. But like, but then that's, you know, frequent, keep working, keep plugging away. And it's about making sure that the people you're speaking to are supporting you and whatever. It's, I don't know, it's a weird thing where it might all get a bit diluted for a while because everyone's... Everyone's making podcasts. 
Um, how long do you think it will carry on for? Forever and ever and Mississippi ever. Gym. And ever and ever. Really? Yeah, there's no exit strategy. I think everyone in London, well, every, I think everyone everywhere will end up having Jeff's address by the time we've... Is it like one of those ticket systems you get, like a deli or something, and you just get a ticket and you're on the podcast? Um, is, do you like jury service? Yeah, every single person does that. Yeah, what's your expertise? What would you like to come and tell us about? Actually, what's my subject? What did I talk to them about? I mean, we had one about media recently and we chatted to Alan Westbridger from yeah I think he knows a bit more than me yeah but you may be maybe now we've spoken to him if we come back to media you're <laughs> you're next in next in line <laughs> um god what would I talk to him about I don't know I'll come up with something I'll pitch you something yeah if you can add that to your what was my other what was my other thing you had to come up with some ideas about something oh names for the ed edge a sketch or something you have to come up with five ideas on my desk on monday I don't i do have a desk at home but yeah sort of like there's no no exit strategy everyone ever is going to end up with jeff's address is Ed planning to conquer the world with this podcast uh no jeff is oh, so yeah. within the podcast we've, we've built this jeffocracy mm-hmm. as part of the big ideas questions as well when we'll have like for Alan Westbridger and for whoever else, we we sort of pitch them, you know, uh, in a world where Jeff's the supreme benign leader. What what are you doing your, in your first hundred days? Kind of like what's what are you doing? Benign feels like he doth protest too much. He does say benign every time. Really, and um, uh, Jeff's convinced it's utopia. Ed's convinced it's dystopia. Jeff's kind of the kind of sit back, chill out in tent down in straight, let everyone else run around and benign. Yeah, he's very benign, very sort of laid back and chilled. Um, so but recording everything. Well, mostly there have been some episodes where. <laughs> Which ones? Um, if you listen back to when Lauren Laverne was the guest as the comedian slot, sort of it's sort of comedian and next, you know, anyone who's got. Yeah, good ideas to share. She was off mic. I had to, that was that sounded awful. Always record a backup for people. Um, and Zoe Lyons was off mic. Um, yeah, that's about it. There's been. It just wasn't switched on. Norman Patterson. No, I think she was off. Yeah, there was a yeah. That's all right. The BBC trained studio manager in the room and so when you find out something like that do you get them to do it on their phone what the when you realise there's been the microphone no no it's all conversational so it's there's, it's gone there's no yeah, so I have to I have to pick it up from the over like the coloration on the other two mics so yeah it ends up all hissy and weird but made it work and you can hear everything that's being said even though it's being picked up on a microphone across the way you know uh, and now I record backups backups of backups of backups of backups yeah always record backups anyway that the uh, anyway benign Jeff benign Jeff recording most of the things okay do you think Jeff and Ed would be good co-rulers yeah I think they're gonna go job share on it 
Well, Ed would like to, I think, but Jeff's not really having any of it. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, you've got to apply to be an advisor. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of a disharmony in the, in the camp. But it's nice because it's like there's the whole Milliverse kind of stuff on Twitter and then within our life there's the Jeffocracy. So it's always like, oh, and so there's a new world... Uh, Jeff's in charge and they're all like yeah of course of course okay uh, what are you pitching to Jeff maybe inside that podcast it is, it is what life could have been like if Ed had got power just inside that podcast well no because it's Jeff Jeff's getting the power inside the podcast uh, uh, he can't even get that on his own podcast no no because it's the Jeffocracy oh man Ed's like applying to be an advisor and he's sort of being batted away um, probably yeah probably an intern he might he might be invited in to interview at least for the receptionist role. <laughs> so, do you think podcasts are just going to get bigger? Because as we mentioned before we started, so many people don't listen to any podcasts at all. So, mm. yes, yeah, that's an opportunity. I think bubble will burst on the big companies wanting to. Why does fund it work it? for big companies? Well, they try it. They try it. They desperately go. Oh, we've got. This these ten podcasts that we've got in mind, everyone will listen to it. Let's just you know, let's make them. Yeah, it's not it's not like that. You've got it's democratic. Ah, oh, I listen to a lot of comedy and storytelling and. Uh, Any suggestions for the listener? Oh, let me get my phone. So, I really like uh, the Modern Man. And anything like the Helen Zaltzman and Ollie Mann kind of like little empire of Auntie Minis, the illusionist, the modern man. Uh, oh, I'm three percent. Oh God, my phone's gonna die. Um, it's always really difficult because like, they're just such part of my life that it's difficult to pick out ones. I love listening to. There's a few ones that are, have come from radio shows that are still, you know, are part of radio shows. They're just sort of like the mix outs of those, which is like Ian Lee and um, Danny Wallace, uh, Ellis and John on Radio X, Ellis James and John Robbins. I like listening to another Ollie Man which is the media show. I like listening to uh, Hidden Brain, Drunk Women Solving Crime. I don't think I've heard of that one. That's- Free Comedian Women getting drunk with a guest. There's a crime from history and they have to sort of, they pick it apart and they'll take it in turns to host. But that's a really nice little kind of simple format idea. Fairly low. Lo-fi, like, that's what I keep saying, is like, uncomplicate your ideas. Uh, so launching a podcast, free top tips. Um, I think... B. Ed Miliband. B. Ed Miliband, B. Ed Miliband and B. Ed Miliband. No, um... So, first top tip of podcasting, I think, would be just knowing your format, knowing what you want. What can you provide that's going to be different from everything else? Uncomplicating it. Keeping it as low-fi and as low work as you can. One interviewee, lots of questions, just really works. Like, shorter and more often is going to get more audience than... Having a four hour once a month. Yes. It's like going to the gym. Yeah, you've got to find a way to make it doable. 
you've got to think this has got to be sustainable for six months around a full-time job with no income, no money to spend on it, nothing. Now what? And the other one is hire me. Uh, I'll do it. So what elements of the work do you do as a freelance producer? If you just need someone to edit the audio and upload it and edit the photo, edit write the description and things like that, easily doable. When we're out and about with reasons to be cheerful, I will record that. I will turn up with all the tech, mic everyone up, balance everything, record everything, mix it, master it, edit, tidy, upload, write the descriptions, email Ed Miliband asking if he likes the description. Between uh, between us all, we come up with a title for the episode. I'll get a few in. I usually do all right. I think Ed comes up with most of them. Uh, yeah, there's lots. There's so many elements of this that are worth people considering. Like you either spend a long time prepping, a long time recording, or a long time editing. You have to do two of those. If you prep really well, you won't have to record as much or edit as much. If you record for a really long time, then you won't have to do as much prep, but you'll have to do a lot of editing. It's like this is a paper stone situation. So there's a balance between recording a lot, preparing a lot, or editing a lot. It's going to take hours of your time each week if you want it to be any good. Reasons to be cheerful is this really good one. Um, So it's called Reasons to be Cheerful. (laughs) Woohoo! Thanks, Emma Caution, for guesting on Freelance Pod and telling us fun tales about Ed Miliband's podcast, Reasons to be Cheerful. And an extra big thank you to Emma for bringing along the most sought-after Christmas card of 2018. I'm sure mine's in the post, right, Ed? Don't forget that Emma is very much available for more work. You can find her on Twitter at Producer Emma, and her details will be in the show notes too, and across Freelance Pod's social, so you'll definitely find her. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow Freelance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. If you enjoyed this episode of Freelance Pod, please do rate and review us. This helps other listeners find the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification every time there's a new episode of Freelance Pod. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.